This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We're embarking on this new teaching. Prepare your hearts. Now, those of you that are streaming at home and those that belong to this ministry, have a seat. No moving around. Get this word. It's going to benefit you. It's going to give you an understanding. And if you want to uh, put a, um, um, I guess, a title on this message, message, Understanding How to Exist in a Dispensation of Change. Because we are in a dispensation of change in this world. So we're going to be dealing with those. So go with me, if you will, to John chapter 17, which is our foundational scripture in this teaching. Amen. Understanding how to exist or to live in this dispensation of change. Now, dispensation, don't be afraid of that word, not without understanding of it. Dispensation is simply a span of time, just a span of time that you're in. That's all it is. You could say, and I'll often say span of time, just that you will understand that dispensation, it might seem like a big word, or and those at Church of Living Water should know who this is, but I'm just saying for everyone, a span of time. This will be lesson one. And we need to know. God said they need to know. You need to know how to exist in this dispensation of time. In the time that you're in. With everything that's going on in our country. Everything that's going on in the world. You need to know how to live in it. You need to know how to exist in it. Amen. Everything is changing moment by moment. Almost moment by moment. And in John 17, oh, I thought he needed me. In John 17, we'll find that this is nearing the end of Jesus' ministry. And here he is praying to the Father. Now, now this particular chapter in the book of John, the most interesting to me and undertaught part of this book is this chapter that I'm about to read. It's just, it's just to me, it's just, not taught as much as it should be. Now, because it, in this particular chapter, you're going to see how much Jesus talks about the world. He talks about the world. Are you following me? Jesus praying and talking to the Father about his relationship with the world. You know, what was going to happen since he had been in the world, things that was happening while he was in the world. He talked about the disciples and how they were going to have to live in this world. We're going to read it. And how he has called them all to do a work in the world. Everything. It's, it's amazing. He talks about how the world is going to treat and regard uh, the disciples are believers and what his prayers for them is while they are in the world God you let, let, let's just see what he says are you in chapter 17 beginning this, let's go down to verse 9 now on your own I want you to read the whole chapter but for time's sake we're going to start at verse 9 this is Jesus speaking and he's talking about the disciples I pray for them I pray not for the world. Now remember, now let's hold on to that. He said, I pray for them, but listen what he says, 
I pray not for the world. Remember that. I pray for them, but I pray not for the world. But for them which thou hast given me, for thy, for they are thine. And all of mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Don't get mixed up with that. He just simply said, they belong to you, and I belong to you, and, the, and, and we all belong to one. You. That's basically what it, what, what, that, that's what it says. So you don't have to, you know, get, get caught up in that. Look at verse 11. And now I am no more in the world. And these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. I'm going to read that again. That was a little choppy. I want you to flow. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hadst hadst sent me into the world, even so I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That means you. Verse 21, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Now, Jesus is talking about glorifying the Father. Did you see how many times that we mentioned the world? Jesus began to deal with them about this for a purpose. Now, Jesus here is glorifying the Father while he was in the world. He glorified him. The matter of fact, Jesus finished his work in the world. That means I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be like Jesus, I have to finish the work. If I'm gonna be like Jesus, I must finish. I need to not only finish the work, I need to glorify the Father. If you need to do, if you're gonna be like Jesus, I glorify the Father and I finish the work in the world. He said, I'm leaving them and I'm sending them into the world. Jesus called men, listen, out of the world. He called them out through the word. Listen closely. Meaning that 
all that believe on him are called out of the world. Listen closely. Now watch this. Jesus prayed for those that believed and not the world. That almost sounds like a contradictory if you're not, if you don't know how to study it. Listen. He prayed for those who believed, but he said, but I don't pray for the world. But yet I send them in the world. That's why it's important that you know how to live in the world. How that you know how to live in this dispensation of time because you only have a span of time to be here and you need to know how to live effectively in it. We're going to deal with that a lot. And Jesus didn't pray for the world. This is, this is what's so amazing. He didn't pray for the world, but yet he died for the world. He didn't pray for the world, but he died for the world. But here he said, I pray not for the world. I pray for them that believe. Who have believed on me. Watch this again. Jesus kept those who believed in the world. He kept them. Remember he told the Father, he said, I have kept them. He kept them. So when he said he kept them, he protected them. He protected them from harm. He protected them from danger. He also, so if he knew, he knew, he knew and he knows that there are harmful things in the world and there are dangerous things in the world. And Jesus said, but I kept them in the midst. It was things going on there, just like things going on in our, in our span of time now. Things was going on there as well. But Jesus said, but I kept them. And he said, I only lost one, and that was Judas. And I only lost him because the scriptures must be fulfilled. So he said he had to keep them because, and he said he kept them because they were not of the world. See, it, it's almost like, what, what is, what is, what are you saying that he's, he sent them into the world, but he's not praying for the world, and he kept them because they were not of the world? What is God saying? Slow down and follow. It'll all make sense. But write this down before we make it make sense. If you're still in the world, he is not keeping you. He said, I kept them because they were not of the world. So, see, we can't be of the world. Because he said, I kept them because they were not of the world. He only kept them because they were not of the world. Listen, those who believe, who are hated by the world, that is why he had to keep them. Because they ha- they were hated by the world. You know what? When I was... When I was studying this out, and, and because, of, you know, we were, you know, in this period of time of Christmas, and God began to minister to my heart. And he said, for most people, Christmas is not about me at all. You know why? He said, I'm going to show you that this whole country does not think Christmas, think anything of me when it comes to Christmas, even though they put all the stuff out. Because he said, if it was really about me, the world would hate it. Why do the world love Christmas? He said, no, if it was really about me for them, the world would hate it. 
But see, they don't look at it like that. And I said, Father, you, you're so right. He said, no, if Christmas was really, really about me, the world would hate it. But now, we know people that don't even know God, don't even claim to know God, celebrate Christmas. The world. But anything that's really of the Father, and anyone that really believes it's of the Father, if you're in the world, you'd hate it. Now, we know some people of the world that do hate it, and that's about right. Because that, I mean, that's, that, that's right. They should. Because with anything of, of God, they're going to hate. But we have so many that don't believe in God that love it. Because it's not about the birth of Jesus for them. But it is for us. Amen. I just want to throw that in. That was just in my time talking, talking to God. Amen. Now, Jesus prayed that those who believe to be kept from the evil of this world. So Jesus is letting us know in this that there is something harmful and there is something evil in the world. And he prayed that they would be kept from the world. He said, now, I don't want to, no, I want them to be kept not from the world, but from the evil in the world. That's what I read. Because the world is the world, but the evil from it, and we're going to find out, find out about the world, but he said, I want them to be kept from the evil. What did he keep them from? Because they were in the world. Jesus was in the world. So it wasn't like, well, okay, let's go on a hilltop somewhere and not be bothered with anybody. No. He was saying the evil in the world. Are you following me? They didn't go on a hilltop somewhere and just hide themselves away and, and had their own little compound and we didn't have anything to do with the world. That's not what he was saying. But he prayed that they would be kept from the evil in the world. Watch this. Jesus prayed that those who believe would be sanctified by truth. And he prayed that because it was the sanctification by truth that was going to keep those who believed on him. It's the sanctification. The sanctification is what's going to keep those that believe on him. The protection comes right into sanctification. Jesus says he, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We understand that. And, and those who were still in the world and they would, that they would be protected, they understood that and they were kept by the truth. They believed in that. And that is what kept them. That's why when you see the disciples, all of them, even when they were afraid to own up, he was keeping them the whole time. I mean, when crowds rushed in on them, when different things would come, he kept them and he can keep us the same way. Jesus sent those that believed into the world, but yet he wanted us to be protected from evil. He said, you got to go into the world, but know when you go there that I'm going to protect you from evil. Are you with me? Listen, Jesus desires, desires to send us into the world. Not only did Jesus send the disciples into the world, but now Jesus desires to send us into the world because he said I'm not only praying for them but he said but I'm also for all those that believe on me through their words I'm already praying for them because they must be sent into the world too 
Follow me. Now, we, we, we just established that Jesus just didn't send the disciples into the world, but he wants to send us as well. He sent the disciples earlier, but God said, now that you are a part of this kingdom, I want you to go into the world. Now, that means sometimes or somehow that I'm going to have to learn, how do I live with this? How do I live in this span of time in this world system the way it is now? How can I live in this world and not succumb to the evil that's there? I have to learn how to exist in this dispensation. I'm going to have to know how to function in this dispensation or this span of time. Because Jesus is not pulling this Jesus is not pulling us out of the world. Listen, he's pulling us out of evil, not the world. He's sending us to the world. But he said, But I'm gonna protect you while you're in there and I'm gonna pull you out of the evil. Are you with me? Why? Because we're not of the world, but we're sent to the world. There's a difference. You'll get the difference later on. Because, see, I hear people say all the time, huh, I, you know, I ain't, I, ain't none of, I ain't no part of the world. I'm out of the world. The world ain't in me. You know what? Fine. The world might not be in you, but you need to understand you're still in it. You're in it every day. You're in it. And Jesus said, I send you in the world that the world might know and believe who he is. He said, I need them to know and believe who I am. So I have to send you, my representatives, into the world so they can know who I am. And that's going to be to you. So don't be fearful because you're going to have to go. But I just know I'm going to protect you from the evil. Are you with me? Now listen to me closely. Now, to fulfill the assignment that we're going to have to uh, go into the world and know how to exist in this dispensation of time, church. With, without the Bible, God, we, we would not know how. Most people, they don't know how. They don't even know how they exist. They're barely existing. But God taught his people how to live in every dispensation. If you go back and you look at the Old Testament, God taught his people how to live in that dispensation. We saw it in Abraham. God showed him how to live in his span of time. We saw it in Moses. God showed him how to live. We saw it in the judges. If you go and you just read, God showed them. He showed the prophets. Every dispensation, he showed them in their span of time how you are to live. God was constantly teaching people in the Old Testament how to exist. In the dispensation or the span of time that they lived in, in the world. And, you know, he said, he said, come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing. That's called beware of this. That's when he said, beware of this, beware of that. He tells us things to avoid. But not only in the old covenant, in the new covenant. In the Gospels, he did the same thing. Jesus was teaching us and teaching the disciples how to live in the dispensation that they were in. 
in the span of time that they was in. He said, he said, beware of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. See, he was telling them. He gives us instruction. He said, now, watch, you know, he tell them, watch out for this. Watch out for that. All through his teaching. Not only that, if, if we look at, at the, the Paulinian letters, and you see how he even kept Paul in his time, Everyone has their own. God is not, is teaching us how you ought to act, how you ought to live. Paul wrote in his letters. Uh, I like it. Paul, Paul wrote and he gave admonition of how to live in the dispensation in which he dealt dwells in. He told us how to live. He put it down on paper. Different churches. Dealt different ways, different aspects in, uh, of different aspects in the world. If you go and you start reading all the different ones, you'll see where different churches throughout all of the, their dispensation of time, they dealt with different areas of that of aspect that they had trouble in in their time. If you go back and look at the church of Corinth, you go back and you see God told them, don't get caught up with strange gods. And all those things. Then he shared with the, uh, the church at Philippi. He said, listen, I don't, I'll beware of dogs and evil doers and evil workers. He just kept laying it out. Every time he said, I'm showing you how to live because you're going to be in the midst. He even dealt with the church at Rome. And he talked to them and he told them the difference between the goals that they have to, they had to grow. They had to begin to develop out of those pagan things. And he was telling them how to live by faith. He said, if you're going into another area. You're going into another dispensation. And the, and the world hates you. But I'm going to show you that I can keep you in the midst. So when God gives us different warnings, no, that's how he's trying to show you how to live. He even dealt with the Hebrews. And the Hebrews, they were new believers. And in the new time, and the new time, see, new believers in a new time, and a new period, how they were going to have to transition from the law. And to, uh, from the law to grace, remember? He had to show them. He had all of that. I'm showing you how to live. And he said, now this is how you apply it now in the time that you live in. Because now the time has changed. Are you with me? And God throughout the world taught us those things. And he's teaching us those things. And you know what? When we, because if we need to know how to exist in this dispensation of time, we need to listen. Now, I want you to know, Church of the Living Water, I want you to know this is an assignment for me. It is my responsibility. It's my responsibility as your pastor to teach you how to live in this dispensation of time. It's no sense in us teaching you how to be restored when you don't know how to live in this world. You're going to bump heads with that. You have to. It's my responsibility to make sure that God teach this church how in this dispensation of time to live. See, we have, we have a problem in the churches today. 
And the problem is the church now as a whole is so close to the world or so intimidated by the world to teach believers how to live and exist in this dispensation of time. They think they have to be so much like the world to get them. But God said, no, you don't do. You, you, I'm showing you how to do it. They don't want to stick with the scriptures. They don't want to stick with what God say do. They want to bring new things in and see if that works. Are you with me? Again, I can't teach you to be restored and have restoration messages and don't teach you how to live. It's excuse me, it's a must. Those who have been restored, they have to know how to live in this world, in this dispensation of time, in this span of time that they are in. It's not good enough for me to say, you know, okay, well, you know, I don't have to really deal with it. You know, I'm older now and I'm on the other side and, you know, I don't have to fool with all this. Oh, yes, I do. I'm commanded of God. Oh, yes, I do. And most, and even more importantly, those that I pastor, uh, you know, uh, I, I want to have, I, I want them to be able to walk with their shoulders back and know how to live, not be caught up and fooled and tricked and turned away and fallen into this and that because they are established in the Word. You have a sure foundation. Your founding pastor put that there. So now we want to build on it, build on it, build on it, so that you can be strong and know how to operate in this dispensation of time. Amen? That's To me, that's very, very important. Amen? And when I say teaching you how to live in this dispensation of time, I, I want to deal with, with how you live in the things that's going on around you. I want you to, you know, I, I don't want you, I want you to have good character in the midst of the world. I, I, I just do, you know. We're struggling with, with different things. And God said they need to stop struggling with those things. We're grappling about just all messed up, just different things. And, the, and you, you know what? The only thing you have to do is follow God's instructions. Follow His lead. No matter if you don't understand it. God doesn't change. Situations in the world change. But God said it doesn't matter. That's why... He's, he's going to lay this out for you because he's saying it doesn't matter what happens in the world. God is not changing his word according to what's going on in the world. It transcends time. Now we have to understand that because things are changing and we live in this world, then we need to bring God's word up to where we are in this dispensation of time. We've got to bring it. And we're well able to do that. And see, everybody's trying to figure out on their own how to exist. They're trying to make it work on their own. But this is the only difference between us and them. We know where to find the answer. They're just searching out there and doing different things. But we don't have to do that. We have the answer. Now, that's a blessing to have the answer on how to live in this dispensation of time. With everything that's going on, from the pandemic to the storming of the capital, all of it has to do. All of it must be. None, all of it has to be. God said, not all of it is, don't, I, 
Don't pray that all that God help us. You see, this is going. Hey, Father, make sure this don't happen. Why are you praying that? Jesus said, I pray not for the world. These things must come to pass. You need to be praying to God, keep me in the midst of it. Because this is not going to change. It's all to set up for what's coming. It's already here. But God, it's, actually all of this is setting up for God's next move. Whatever, hey, that which is coming is here. And darker days are even dawning on us. And God is saying, I need you to stay focused and you to understand that these things must need be. And if you study your Bible in any length, you would understand these things must need be. Who's in office have to be in office at this time. <laughs> I know. We all want them out. But it must be at this time. When it's time for him to go, it's time for him to go. But the four years that he was there, it's all according to the plan of God. And what's coming next? God's next move. Are you with me? See, we, we cannot get, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know why everybody's dismayed. And everybody's shocked. Nobody at Church of the Living Water should be shocked. Nobody. Because God's been telling us all along something else was coming. What do you think was coming when he said something else is coming? Right in your midst. You ought to thank God for this teaching so he can show you how to live in it. Are you with me? So we have to understand that we have to do, what we have to do is we have to do God's word, bring his word up to our time. That's what we do. Bring it up to our time. We don't have to modify His Word because of what's going on. We don't have to dilute His Word because of what's going on. We don't have to alter His Word because of what's going on. We just have to bring His Word up to our time. Why? So we can know how to exist in this span of time. So my intention of this teaching is to protect us from the evil of the world. You know, the world is evil. Know that. And it is my desire to protect you from the evil of this world. And nothing's going to stop me from that. Nothing's going to stop. If you belong in this ministry, nothing's going to stop me from that. I'm a protective mother. And not over, not, and I'm not talking about just children that came out of my womb. I'm talking about all of you that belong to this ministry. But we understand, I want you to be protected from the evil of this world out there. And the world is out there. And the, the, and the evil is out there. And I'm saying, I must, through God's word, protect you from the things. First of all, I'm trying to make sure that your character is not damaged in the midst of this. Because God needs you to go into the world. I want to protect you from the things that are hurtful and harmful. By His Word. I want us protected from things that we may do that grieve God. While we're in the midst. Things that break God's heart. 
when he see things happening in our lives. Those are the things I want to protect you from. There are a lot of grievous things out there. And it breaks my heart to see believers, and especially believers in this ministry, and their characters, characters dam- damaged. That hurts. It hurts. Did you hear me? And it hurts in ways that, that they didn't have to be. You know, you, it, it hurts them. It hurts you. And they, you didn't have to be hurt like that if you just stayed with God. You put yourself in situations where God is grieved by what's happening in your life. Write this down. The word evil, it speaks of the malicious intent of the adversary. When we say evil, it is talking about and it speaks of the malicious intent of the adversary. I want us to be protected because the adversary, listen, have malicious intent for you in other words the adversary don't mean you any good I don't care what you do even when it looks like he's spotting you in the score he's not because at the end of that spot that he he's like he's doing good for you at the end of that it's a malicious intent that's all it ever will be The purpose of this teaching is to sanctify us with truth. To sanctify means to separate us from evil things. Now, before you get nervous and say, oh, she said separate us from anything. What is is all the do's and don'ts she's going to tell us about? Listen, listen. She's about to tell us what we can't do now. I simply only want to separate you from evil things. I've told you in time past, and I'll tell you again, you can do anything you want but sin. Do everything that you want but sin. And you in God's, you, you right where God wants you. So I'm not trying to tell you, in, I, only thing that I want to reveal to you is evil things. Why? Because I want to protect you. Why? Because I don't want you to get hurt. The only way to keep you safe is to keep you away from evil things. That's what you do with your children, naturally. Well, that's what God wants to do with his children spiritually. i got to keep you away from evil things. Write this down. To sanctify, uh, to sanctify means to purify. That is to make us free from the guilt of sin. God said, I want to sanctify you. And make you free from the guilt of sin, purifying you. You know, there's nothing worse than the guilt of sin. Oh, it bothers you. Nothing worse than just walking around with the guilt of sin. And it's better to be clean than guilty. It's better to be clean than guilty. And, and, and the thing about it is, I want us cleaned on the inside. On the inside. See, I want in this church, at Church of the Living Water, and those out there that's listening, this is what I want, and especially you that belong to this ministry. I want us to stop worrying about the external presentation of cleanliness. See, we want to look clean on the outside. 
I'm interested on the inside. We all want to look clean on the outside. God say they spend most of their time trying to look clean. But God said, no. If you're going to be prepared to exist in this span of time, you got to be clean on the inside. And see, we have to stop just perfuming up and go ahead and wash. See, we can put perfume over everything and make it look and smell good. God said, no, I need you to go ahead and wash. I want us to, listen, I want us to stop applying deodorant over the workout. Work out and you just put deodorant on. Ain't took no shower, ain't clean nothing. Just put it. Because you know what? After you, after you do all of that and you try to put, uh, uh, um, deodorant over stink, then it stinks too. You can't put sweet stuff on that that stinks. Look, Febreze, what is it? Febreze clothes are still dirty. Only washing machine clothes are clean. I just place some Febreze on it. It's, it's okay. No, no. They're still dirty. And that's why we have a lot of Febreze Christians just sprayed up. And God said, no, I'm going to need them to wash. Now every time you go in the store and you pass by Febreze, you're going to laugh. But what you need to do is check yourself and say, you know what? No. That's not going to work. That won't make you clean. That's just, all that is is trying to hide the odor. You don't need that. Amen. Sanctifies means to set us apart for a sacred purpose. That is what I want for our lives. And that's what God has for our lives that's dedicated to Him. Now, my goal is to actualize uh, our vision in this dispensation that in which we live, to actualize our vision. Listen, we live in, listen to me close, we live in a different world than the world that existed when our vision was established. The things have changed over the years. Things have changed since the 80s. It's changed. So we learned something. When our vision was established to teach us how to live at that span of time, but we're now in a different time. Now the vision has... Now, listen, listen. The vision has not changed. The world has changed. See, we, we don't change our vision or change God's Word because the world changed. We bring God's Word up to it. We don't change. That's why it doesn't matter what comes your way when God gives you instructions. You don't change it because something happens. You bring God's Word up to it. So yes, the vision is still the same, but the world has changed. Are you following me? You better get that across the board. Whatever God told you from the beginning, He doesn't change. Did you let me? Didn't you know that God knew that they were going to storm the Capitol when He told you what He told you two years ago? Did you know the pan, God knew the pandemic was going to be here 
Two years ago, when he told you that two years, I'm just going two. Now we can go back five years or whatever he told you. Didn't you know that? Didn't you know that God knew that COVID-19 would be in the whole world two years ago? And what he told you then, he does not expect you to change because all of that has happened. Because he already, when he told you, he knew all of that was going to happen. Did you know that God knew that you were going to be laid off? And he still told you what to do. And it have not changed. Bring his word up to it. To where you are. See, we want to change God's word with every situation that changes. If that is, we have an unstable God. And you'll always be unstable. Because one thing's for sure, this world is changing moment by moment. So you're going to keep changing what God said? Can't do it. We have to learn how to live out our vision in this span of time. We have to know how to love God now. Right now. With everything that's changing. With every hurt that you have. Even death. We still have to learn how to stay with God. See, there are some different challenges. Listen. <laughs> there are some different challenges to love God than it was in 1989. In 1980. So you got different challenges now. <laughs> but how do you love God? See, yo, the way you love God, it still has to be the same. It has to be the same. But the challenge is different. See, we have to hate sin. You got to hate sin. Now that things are different, we still got to hate sin. See, we're in a different atmosphere than we were in the 80s. Let me show you how different it is. In the 80s, listen, even the world saw sin as sin. Some things you could speak about in the 80s, and the world would agree with you that it was sin. <laughs> you remember? You could sit and talk about and you could sit with a sinner, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, Lord. Uh, uh. They even agreed with you that it was sin. <laughs> but now, show you how the world has changed. When you say something that the world doesn't believe, that is sinful, they don't like it because it's not sinful for them anymore. You can say the same thing that you would say in the 80s and they would agree with you. Try to say it today and they'd be like, oh no, you all wrong. See, times have changed. The world has changed. Now, if I say something bad, the world is like, wait a minute. You're saying something evil. If I say something that is bad, is bad, now I'm evil. 
didn't used to be that way. Are you following me? I'm, I'm showing you how time and dispensations and, and the world has changed. There used to be people hiding this, that, and the other. There's no long, nobody hides anything anymore. And you know, you might have known, but even the world, they hid it because the world knew it was wrong. Now it's not wrong. Nobody is a guy. And nothing in the closet now but clothes. Because things have changed. So we have to learn how to live in this world. In other words, we have to move the church forward in this world, in this dispensation of time. And what's happening in many churches, and, and they're digressing and they're, they're compromising in order to keep up with the world. Instead of bringing God's word right there, they're like, well, we just not. And they do that because... The church in and of itself don't know how to live in this dispensation of time because everything is changed. They don't know how to deal with it in the schools. They don't know how to deal. We just don't know how to do it. Because actually now, almost the exact same thing is in the Christian school. Why? Because things have changed. You used to want them to go to Christian school because they had different values. But the church has changed. There's no different values anymore. <laughs> They're going backwards. The church is. And people are leaving. Because we're compromising. If we get a little bit more like the world, maybe we can bring more people in. No. Now we're in a time that uh, of change, and, and as a church, because of the span of time that we're in, you know, we you know we want to live this way because people want it that way. People who are in the world want to come and tell us how to live now, and they go up under the guidelines. You know, it's almost. It's almost, I almost don't want to call myself a Christian anymore. I just want to say believer because everybody called themselves a Christian. Everybody. Homosexuals call themselves Christians. Oh yeah, I have to say it. Oh, they're not going to stream no more. It does not matter. That's what I'm talking about. I don't change the word to compromise the word in any way, form, or fashion. And for that case, adulterers. Same thing. Ah, well, I know. Uh, I don't care what she said. I know. I'm. I know. I'm a Christian. Everybody carries that name. The, the the adversary found a way to let you use that name and make and make you think you really are and you know for a fact you're not. Twenty years ago, you wouldn't act like that. You'd you'd act sensible like I am, even though you would still be doing the same thing. But times have changed. Now I'm just boldly do it. Span of time that we in. 
But the only way that he can bring them out of the world, there has to be somebody in the world to show them another way to live. That would be us. God said, the only way I'm going to bring them out, I need my people to show them how to live in this span of time. And they have to see people who live in the world in this time, not in the world in another time, right now. Hang in there with me. Come on now. See, we're not going to ever change. Write this down. At Church of Living Water, we're never going to change who we are. But we do have to change what we do. We're never going to change who we are. But we must change what we do. We have to change what we do. Watch this. The objectives of this teaching is number one, we need to know what is the world? What do you mean, this span of time? What is the world? Number two, what is the span of time in which we live in? How do we see what is in the world from a biblical perspective? We need to find out what, what's in this, this world and this time from a biblical perspective. Number three, I want to teach us how to be sanctified with truth. Because whether we realize it or not, whether you accept it or not, the world, the world have a way of sticking on you. You, you know, have you ever seen, a lot of times, like when my grandchildren go outside and they play outside, when they come in, you be like, whoa, you smell like outside. Oh, you smell like outdoors. Because they've been running around and playing and jumping and dropping on the trampoline and flipping and doing all that. And they come in the house and you be like, whew. You smell, you need a bath. You need, you smell like you've been, in, been outside. That, that outside stick on them. So it is with the world. The world sticks on you. And if somehow when you come around, people can smell like, you know what, you've been out there. Because it sticks on you. No matter how you try to hide it. And many people try to hide it in many different ways, but you can't. It sticks on you. Amen. Number four, I want to teach us how to live in this span of time that we're in. We need to know how to live in this world. You know what? We need to learn how to be holy. You ask yourself, okay, well, I want to be holy. Well, how do you do that? How do you be holy? We need to learn how. See, we, most people think how to be holy is saying the different things you don't do. I'm holy because I don't do this and I don't do that. So we need to learn, how do I be holy? When I say that, I'm saying, how do you work? Because a lot of you work on jobs. And even with the pandemic, you know, you have to go in and out. And even when, you, when, when the pandemic is over, you have to work with people. You have to ask yourself, how do I work in an environment where they make you call a person a pronoun that they want you to and still be a Christian? I mean, when you go, you're on a job and maybe you have a boss. See, in the 80s, you didn't have to deal with that. But now you live in the world that you have to call somebody a she, that's a he, on your job. See, another time. 
Or you have to call somebody a they because they, they, they don't, they're not a he or a she. How do you live with that and be a Christian? Because remember, God sent you into the world. <laughs> but I'm, if they want me to do that, I'm quitting. Well, now how are you going to put food on your table? So you, you, you still got to know how to live in that. God said, I'm not taking you out. I'm just protecting you from the evil. But you got to be in there. Somebody, that person has to see somebody that represents me. So how do you live in that? Because that's a world. And that's this world now. Today that we live in. You know, you, you have to know how to live in that. Now that's just one thing. There's many in this, in this teaching. How do you live in the span of time where the majority of children have poor relationships with their father? How do you live in the span of time where people have never seen any marriages that work? A husband and wives in their family where nobody in our family ever got married. Why are you talking about things some people have never seen? How do you live in that? God's going to teach us. See, back in the 80s and 90s, mostly people, most people, they went to church. They just went. It doesn't mean they were born again, but they went to church at some point. But how do you live in the span of time or dispensation of time where in this time people don't even know? You know, for us, we, we think it's unfathomable. But do you know there's people that don't even know that there even be a two testaments? Now, in this time, how do you live in that? Because that's where God is sending you. God's not going to take you out of it. And he's not calling you to get out of it. As a matter of fact, Jesus prayed that you wouldn't be taken out of it. <laughs> he said, I don't want them to take... Thank you, Father, they're not taken out of the world. He knew when he said it. See, you have to, you have to understand this. He knew when he said it that 2021 was going to come. 2020 was there. He knew it when he said it. He didn't say, oh Lord, keep them until, you know, it really gets bad. It really gets difficult. No. He said, keep all them that believe. Fifth objective. Then I wanted you to know, how do we work, do the work of the ministry in this time? In other words, based on the few examples, how do I do what God says? How do I let somebody know that there is a God, that Jesus is Lord in this span of time? How do I do that? Before you think it's impossible, listen. The disciples did it in their time. He was, they did it in their time when they were hanging people. They were hanging them, feeding them to lions. But yet, you know Jesus because you did your ministry in this span of time. 
And you have to be there. You have to learn how to live in it. And then we need to know how to protect the next generation. I say the next generation because it's too late for the generation we're in. It is what it is. Now, for the rest of my time, subtitles and the first question. Well, you don't even have to use the subtitle. It it is what it is. The world is always reference a reference in the church. Have you noticed that? When we talk about things in the church, we reference to the world. The world this. Well, you don't need to be worldly. The worldly this, worldly that. But it's not often that it's really studied or, or biblically based. And we're going to figure that out to that this morning. The word world there is a very complex, as I was studying, complex biblical term and I'm like really God now we use it all the time oh no they're worldly we was like Gary you need to come out of the world you can't be in the world uh uh no we always say the world I'm worldly yeah well mm mm-hmm well, what do you mean by worldly? Well, I, it doesn't matter. All I know is it's, uh, that it's not godly what you're doing. See, we can't really even explain it. So how do we decide something is worldly? It's just because I know. No. How do you decide that? Let's give a definition of world, first of all. Write it down. The world is... The whole of creation, created and ordered by God and defiled by man. I'll say it again. Definition of the world is the whole of creation, created and ordered by God and defiled by man. Now in the Old Testament, the word world as we know it, listen, does not exist. Not the way we know it. I had to stop God. Now, in the Old Testament again, the way we use world did not exist. If you have a translation of the Bible that have word, or the word world in it, the Old Testament, listen, it is not a Hebrew word. world is not they took a Hebrew word and they translated into the English word of world I know people that don't like teaching now you're going to fall off but this is where you need to this, this, again stacking on your foundation the word world is not, is not a Hebrew word they took it when they were translating the Bible. They took the Hebrew word and they translated it into world. But the word world and the way we think of world does not exist in the Old Testament. The whole world, listen, the word world as we think of it now in the New Testament, listen, the New Testament way that we world, it's in the Greek See, I'm not trying to get all into the Hebrew, Greek, but but I'm showing you, if you don't study it out, 
you 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 get all mixed up. That's it's different world in the New Testament. It comes from the Greek word. Actually, that's where it first appeared in the New Testament. So when you start talking about what the word is, and you start in the Old Testament, you have to go to Genesis 1. Go over there with me. Genesis 1. Let's push forward. When you go over to Genesis in the Old Testament, it's the 1. Now, now, now watch this closely. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Where it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. If you take heaven and earth and put it together, that's the world. In the Old Testament. Now, go over to John. Chapter 1. Run over there. Come on, do it. With, uh, this is what teaching does. I know you want me to get to all the juicy parts and everything, but if you don't have the laid foundation on it, you're just going to just, just, just get excited about what you can't live in. Now, in John 1 uh, and 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. That uses, that means in the world. Let me show you why. Because now, again, you've moved over to Greek. In the, in, in the Old Testament, we was in Hebrews. You went over to Greek. But if you look, those of you that have a study Bible, if you look in the study part, see what it references you back to. Genesis 1 and 1. That scripture references you back to Genesis 1 and 1. I know. People that don't study, they don't even see the importance in that. But it's, in the, it's important to know what you believe. Heaven and earth. Pastor, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Just hold on. It has everything to do with it. It's all related. It's all related even with your salvation. It, it's related. Know that. So... The world was created. See, you you, you got to understand. Listen, the world was created and ordered by God. Now, as we go through Genesis chapter 1, we see that not only did God create the world, but He ordered it. Very important. He created it and He ordered it. Night and day, he ordered it. He put it into motion. He put time into motion. See, that's ordered. See, he created and he ordered. Land and sky. Water from the ground. And remember, he did all of this with his voice, he spoke it, he ordered it. He even ordered a system of reproduction that everything produces after its kind. He ordered it. So God just didn't create 
Come on, get with me. Come on, you can hold on to this. You can get this. He didn't only create, He ordered the world. He created the heavens and the earth. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Run over there. Hebrews chapter 11. Ooh. Now, when God created the heavens and the earth, it was just not, listen, land and sky. It was also space and time. Woo! See, you got, you got to know what your father's all about. You got to know how to live in this dispensation of time. He did space and time as well. As he ordered everything. Land, sky, space, time. Now listen to me, church. I know. You, 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 these things you need to know. Why? Because the church is struggling. And they're struggling with the Creator. The church is. I'm not talking about sinners. They're struggling with the Creator. Oh, well, wait a minute, Pastor. I don't, I don't think so. Everybody knows, believes that God created the heavens and the earth. Notice I didn't just say he created the heavens and earth. I said he ordered it. He ordered. I said he ordered. See, there are those who don't believe that God ordered the earth. That's why we have all these different things. They believe, don't believe that. They believe, yeah, he created it. But they don't believe he ordered it. When he said, let there be, that was order. He ordered it. And they don't believe it. How do you know they don't believe it? Because they are busy confessing and ordering what they want. Not what he said. So I don't believe there's no order. You only order because you believe there is no order. You can't reorder what's ordered. Hmm. You only confess an order if you think there isn't one. I'm going to prove it to you. But if you understand that there is already an order, you won't go trying to confess an order. Why? Because you can't make an order. It's already ordered. It's already done. You can't make it. You can't reorder what is already ordered. I don't care how much you decree and declare. It's already ordered. I don't care how much you confess, profess. It's already ordered. So, what does that tell me? You can't believe God that you won't die. It's already ordered. It's already ordered. You can't reorder that. It's done. You can't believe, God, that you won't die. Did you hear me? You can't reorder that. So, you don't believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, that He created it, that he ordered it, and that man defiled it. Are you in Hebrews chapter 11? 
Look at what it says, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed, worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So we understand that God not only created, but he also ordered. But he also framed. He also framed it. One of the definitions of framed it means he ordered it. <laughs> Look it up. One of the words for framed it means he ordered it. See, not what we saw when light became light, but what we see today is framed by the Word of God. Ooh. Now, I, I just had to stop for a minute and run around my bedroom in the part that I could, and just say, God, not the, he said, I'm not talking about, let there be light. I'm talking about what's happening all today. I framed it. Ordered it. <laughs> By the word of God. Go with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 17. Because it's not only dealing with grass and trees, it's also dealing with space and time. See, God created space and time, and you existed in space and time. You're in space and time. You exist in a period of time, and God didn't create just grass. He created 2021. Can you believe it? Yes, believe it. He created 2021 and ordered it. God didn't just create trees. He created now. Right now. Right where you are. He created now. <laughs> I know, it's got you all messed up. God didn't just create birds. He created a century. And then framed it by his word. <laughs> now I ought to hear somebody through that. Somebody should be shouting. He created a century and then framed it. Ordered it. So that what you see is merely a result of what doesn't appear. We just read it. We just read it. What you see is what doesn't appear. And God created you. Guess what? And he put you in space and time. Well, he hinted at it with Jeremiah, remember? He said, Jeremiah, I knew you. And I preordained. I knew you and your mother. I knew. I, it was already ordered. I knew you when you was in your mother's womb and then delivered you out and put you in space and time. 
He gave us a little hint then to show us how He orders. See, let me tell you, you being here, nothing's never a mistake. He's telling you, let me tell you, your mom and daddy didn't put you here. I did. I put you in space and time. I'm the one that caused your mama to look at your daddy and got a glean in her eye. I'm the one who caused that. I'm the one who ordered that. <laughs> and I got you here when I wanted you here. I didn't just, don't, you know, don't try to prop me up like I did something with trees and grass. That's a little thing. Oh, he made the grass, he made the trees. Yeah, and he made you and put you in space and time. (laughs) And he didn't only create you, but he created time. And he said, what I did was I, uh, because I created the world, the heavens and the earth, then I ordered it with space and time. That's how everything's set up. He ordered it. In Acts chapter 17, beginning at verse 22, it says, Listen, then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. And that's a lot of Christians. Too superstitious. Verse 23. For as I passed by, And behold your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. A lot of people are worshiping the unknown God. That's why they don't want to go to church. Why? Because in the church, there's a specific God. They want to serve the unknown God. Even though they might use Jesus and they might use the name, the unknown God. They like worshiping the unknown God. It's not that they don't believe in him. I'm teaching you. Listen, don't get it out. Put it in the forefront. I'm still, I'm still teaching you how to exist in this span of time. All of this is going on. Watch this in 2024. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of the heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Look, he took, Paul just took that word from the Greek and put it right back in the Hebrew. Remember, in the Hebrew, it's heaven and earth. And we, you gotta go back and listen to the teaching. I can't stop there. This is very important though. God does not dwell where we put him. We don't create God's dwelling place. Why? Because He's the Creator. How are you going to tell the Creator where to be? 
There are a lot of Christians trying to put God in a dwelling place where they want him to be. I want God here in my life. I want God that no, it's been ordered. It's been ordered. Are you following me? You 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 better understand this. You can't put him where well, I know God is is you know, he's at our church. You can't put him where you want him to be. Oh, he's with pastor. So if pastor didn't know it, then God don't know it. See, some people think like that. (laughs) In other words, a better way of saying this is, he's not worshipped with the activities of your hand. Verse 25, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Like I, as if, I wouldn't change that scripture and say, as if he needs your help. See, all I'm trying to tell you is that he is the creator. Know that. He is the creator. And there's not many that believe that he gives life to everything or all things. Many, a lot of people don't believe. A lot of Christians don't believe that. I, sinners, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Sinners. A lot of Christians don't believe in all things. He gave life to all things. The transgender, guess what? God gave him life. The atheists, God gave them life. He gave life to everything. That rolling stone or that whatever that got five children by four women, God gave him life. In all things. Gave him life and breath. And anything that's anything that, listen, anything that's anything that you have, God gave it to you. Notice I said anything that has, that's anything. God is the one who gave it. He's the creator. And he's the one who ordered. But let's not forget, man defiled it. But God created and ordered it. Look at verse 26. And hath made of one blood all nations of men... For to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Mm. That is why you can't keep adding definitions of who or what you think God is. You can't add to your own. Let me tell you, you cannot add to yourself of who you are. Adding names and adding this to you, you are. But we can just, let, let me tell you. <laughs> you can't change your blood type. I don't care what, 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 I don't care how many names you change. I don't care what you do. You can't change your blood type. You can't change the blood type that you have. Because he have made of everybody of one blood. I like 26. I like 26. Space and time. 
I like 27, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. Oh my goodness. Now that's just a plus. So there's not a time or space where you can't find Him. He just said it. There's not a time or space that you can't find Him. Now this is important. Because some of you don't believe that God is the creator and the order and of the orderer, the one that orders, because you think that we are in a time where people can't find him. But that's not according to what he just said. He said, if happily, let's read it again, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they may feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. He's not far. I don't care what you've done. God said, there's not a time. I have preordained a time. In this time, God has determined an appointment that there are going to be people who are going to seek Him and find Him in this time. That's why we need to be in place. We must be in place. And watch this. No matter how far the world thinks that, that, that He is from them, he, the Bible says He's never far away. He's never far. He's right there. I don't care. And a lot of times, even in, in, as believers, you do things that you think He's far away. He said, I'm never far away. Never far away from us. There are some people that think because uh, of the way the world is, that God is, is far. Oh God, what is happening? Where are you, God? Where are He's? I'm not far away. Everything that's been happening to so many people, where is God in this? Why is God in that? Where? How? Where? Where? I'm never far away. <laughs> God is never far away from His creation. No matter what you've done. No matter how you've done it. No matter how far the creation tries to run from the Creator. The Creator has created a box. Or he framed, he framed the creation. So no matter how far you run away, how, no matter how you creation keeps running from God, running from God, running from the creator. But the creator has creation in his hand. So where are you running? You're just running around in his hand. He's never far away. And all those that's doing all the running around in his hand, we're trying to run from him. So I just can't settle down. You're trying to deny him. You try to act like he doesn't exist. You do all of that. And change, you want to change who he is. And he's saying, all you're doing, doing all of that, you're just spinning your wheels. Because he's real. I know I'm out of time, but I'm, I'm going to finish this. And no matter what you try to do, God is saying, I'm not far from you. And he said, one of the reasons why I'm not far from you is that, and he's letting us know, because and you need to just stop running around and looking for, why do you keep looking for the unknown God? The unknown God, ignorantly, that you worship. 
I'm declaring him to you. See, you, you're worshiping ignorantly because you don't want him to be specific, but he is specific. You're on social media. You're doing all kind of things. You're Googling things and you're just trying to find out where, where, what, what. The, 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 trying to get this unknown God because you don't want to deal with the specific God. And the unknown God to you, you, you you're worshiping ignorantly. You're even calling him Jehovah. You're calling him God, but you're worshiping him ignorantly. And while you're running all over town trying to find him, you're going to find out one day he's never been far away. Never been far away. And guess what? Now, that, that's not automatic. Don't get happy, you all that have children in sin and you in sin and say, oh, well, he's never far away. Because there's something else that he ordered as well. He ordered if you don't come in, he also ordered reprobate. <laughs> Just so you know. You can't go that route too. He ordered it. He laid everything out. Some of you, you know what you're dealing with? You're dealing with wages. You're dealing with wages. That's why you think he's far away. But guess what? He set wages. He said the wages of sin is death. That's a, when you sin, you get a wage. You get a wage. And some of you are dealing with the wages. But he's never far away. Repent! He ordered the wages. See, you got to understand, none of this just is by happenstance. He ordered it. Write this down. These statements that I give them to you. The world is not random. Because see, there's theories out there that the world is random. And not only are there theories out there, there are theories in the church that think the same way. You know, just life just happens. It just randomly happens and it's always drama just finds me. Hmm. The world is not random, it's ordered. It's ordered. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and there was nothing random about it. It was ordered because the world is ordered. You need to understand that the world didn't order itself. Nor can it. The world did not order itself. That's where you get evolution. The world ordered itself when it, you know, it, 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 they want you to believe that you go from dust to sails. To tadpoles, to snakes, to lizards, to monkeys, to you. That's not like you ordered yourself. They try to put that down and want you to believe that. That's ordering yourself. The world didn't order itself. Oh, note in 17, listen. <clears throat> This, this, this says it all. 
God just showed all of it. Showed all of how He ordered, how all of how He laid it out. When He spoke, not just back in Genesis, He set it all out, ordered everything. That's why everything had to be. The way Jesus came and died, it was ordered. No matter what they did. Let me tell you, if everything went right with Herod and everybody said Jesus was okay, let me tell you, it was already ordered. Judas was already ordered. The attack at the Capitol was already ordered. The pandemic was already ordered. And framed. But God said, I will keep my people in it. I want you to know, and I'm a, I'm I'm gonna close with this, but I want you to know how this all came about. The word world again didn't exist in the old testament, but in the in the new. This is how the world that we know it came about. It came about with philosophers. They started getting involved in it. And they, they, they love to do that. Now the word world, the origin of that world word was birthed during what we call the enlightenment time. It was an enlightenment time. It came out of after a dark the dark ages and it was an enlightening time and it was an awakening when knowledge started coming in philosophers started saying different things they started letting you think think for yourself find who you are find who you are look within yourself they start saying all of those different things all the philosophers you gotta first find yourself before you can find God and you gotta go with it all of those kind of things begin to make us think that we could order our own life make you who you want to be it's your life you, you make your life what you want it to be you make it your best life you look within yourself dig deep all of those philosophies and all those different things just to make you. And so we grabbed a hold of it. And so now we can do whatever we want to. We can order our own life. But our life has already been ordered. You belong to Him. It's already ordered. But we try to do it ourselves. Life is what you make it. See, all the philosophy. Ah, but I got to do it. Uh-uh. I put God aside. I'm going to make my life what I want it to be. Nobody asks God nothing about what he wants them to be and what he wants them to do. I'm ordering my own life. i got to make it for myself. you got to do it for yourself. And let me tell you, we have been programmed with that and that's all we do. So we don't even consider what God's order for our life. We always say it all the time. What has God called you to do? What is God so What is your assignment? We don't even know it. We're not really interested in that because I've already ordered my life. God, don't tell me where to go and what to do because I've already had plans. I have my own orders. Man does not order this. You can't order your life. You're going to go the way of the world. So now all Christians, they're tapping within themselves. Tap within yourself. Just meditate. 
listen to the ocean. And, uh, uh, and, and we do all of those Christians and don't know your life is ordered and framed. And then the word is framed by the word of God. You know, you ask, you, 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 you people, have you ever heard people say, why do bad things happen? Well, tell me, why not? Why do God allow bad things to happen? Why don't He stop? Well, why not? Why do people die? Why did they have to die? Why? Why? Well, why not? See, you tell me why not if you want to know why. Because God had already ordered it. God ordered it way back in Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned. He said, cursed, meaning life from this point is going to be hard. So we're so far away from that, we think God needs to change everything. But God said, no, from the beginning I told you life was going to be hard. When God told them life was going to be hard, Cain killed Abel. And they've been killing people ever since. So why? Because God already spoke. Why do people die? Because God already spoke. Why do bad things happen? Because God has already spoke. That this life is going to be hard. It's, ordained. it's already ordered. Let me tell you, this sin thing is bigger than you think. So now you need to say, God said something in the time of troubles. I don't understand why life is so difficult. Difficult. Why not? God, when God, when Adam sinned, God said something. Go back and read what God said when they sinned, and you'll see it's all ordered. He lined up what would happen, and that was an order. And He's not changing it because you don't like it. He said, there'll be no more gardens. Get out. And now you're going to have to work. And you're going to have to work hard for little. God said something. Oh, why do we have to work so hard? God said something. It was ordered back in Genesis. Everything that you see in Genesis where God said he, that was an order. It was put into the system and it cannot be changed. And it cannot be reordered. See, this is, not the, this, is, this, this is just not the good stuff you like. But the Word of God is framed. It's framed, the wor- this whole world is framed by the Word of God. 
Well, I just don't understand. I just don't understand why there's evil. Why? Because Adam sinned. God spoke. Go back to Genesis. You'll understand it all. And when you read it, now read it with the mindset that God not only created the heaven and earth, but everything in Genesis He ordered. And it can't be reordered. It can't change. And don't forget, man defiled the world, but not the order. It's just now, listen, write that down. Man defiled the world, but not the order. The order is still the same. It just doesn't run right because man got a hold of it. But the order is still the same because man defiled the world. I'll say it again. Man defiled the world, but not the order. But the order doesn't run right because man defiled the world. See, the man just didn't defile himself. He defiled the world. And that's why the Bible tells us the whole world is waiting. How many of you read? It says the whole world is waiting for the manifestations of the Son of God. It's moaning and groaning because it wants to, because it knows the order that's there. It's groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole world groaning and rebelling because the order is set. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.